Welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Mary Clifton. Dr. Mary Clifton is an internal medicine doctor in New York City with 20 years of experience in both the hospital and private practice, and is also licensed by the New York State Department of Health to provide medical marijuana, is is recognized expert in CBD, cannabis, and medical marijuana. She's a published researcher, national speaker on women's health and osteoporosis, and author of four books and two new soon to be released books on CBD and cannabis, what you need to know, how to use them, and a cookbook to support ease of use. I really feel that this is such powerful information to share, and I think uh, I couldn't have thought of a better person to ask than Dr. Mary Clifton, who has such a wealth of information and is really grounded in the research to share the health benefits of medical cannabis. So I hope you enjoy our conversation today. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited uh, to welcome Dr. Mary Clifton to our podcast today. I met Dr. Mary Clifton at a recent uh, summit that I was at in Arizona, and I was so excited to learn that she's an expert in CBD and medical cannabis, and there's so much that we're going to learn from her today. So welcome, Mary. Thank you so much for having me, Christine. I'm so excited to be invited. Oh, well, you know, I always like to start our podcast for our listeners to really understand your journey and really how you became an expert in CBD and medical cannabis. And you are a medical doctor. So how did your, you know, how did you jump from your conventional medical training to now um, really delving into this really important topic? Well, I'm an internal medicine doctor by training Michigan State University, and uh, I love practicing internal medicine. I've been in practice full-time for 22 years and uh, and uh, went through a few unfortunate events that uh, sort of diverted my attention. I love to think about nutrition and wellness and lifestyle and wellness and have uh, written a few books on that topic. But then a few years ago, uh, I lost my brother to colon cancer. And my mother and I uh, were just talking a few days ago about how between my brother and between my father, we really saw uh, the two extremes of somebody dying. My father had a very peaceful death and my brother had a, a very stressful obviously uncomfortable experience. And, uh, and I, I, you know, sometimes people have uncomfortable deaths. It's not the first time I've seen a patient go through that process, but, but it was different to have my brother experience that right before my eyes. And then right on the heels of that, uh, we lost uh, a girlfriend in New, in New York. Um, you know, our mutual friend, Mary Agnes and I have a, have a friend in New York, Fran, who's just the most wonderful soul. And she uh, uh, was taken early with ovarian cancer, but her death was so utterly different from my brother's. She uh, she had so much control over things and really relied heavily on medical marijuana to get a uh, stabilization of all of her symptoms, not only the pain, but also really improved her outlook on the whole process. And she remained very uh, calm throughout the process. And that may, again, just be different people, but it got me thinking, you know, is this just hocus pocus or is there something to this medical marijuana? And then as I started to review, I realized there's a lot of research that nobody knows about. So I've been just working on creating three-minute videos that allow people to learn the information they need to learn in order to make great decisions around medical marijuana. 
you know, it turns out that the majority of people get their advice from the bud master behind the counter at the dispensary. Mm-hmm. And they, and it turns out that the bud master has an average of like one year of experience and got about an hour's worth of training, most of which is in customer care. <laughs> so we're really choosing the wrong person to get great advice from. And, and so if people can spend a half an hour doing a little research and then walk in and say, this is exactly what I need. This is the mode of administration I need. And, and this is how much I think I'm going to need to get through the month. Uh, and that's my goal. I um I knew Fran as well, so I'm so glad you um you know had that connection and you know that she she taught us you know even through her her death you know so that that um is quite a powerful connection so no thank you for sharing that Mary and so um you know so I actually I'm a naturopathic doctor as many of um my audience knows and I live in the state of Washington and Washington is a state where we actually have recreational marijuana so there's a lot of access to marijuana in the state that I am in, but I actually see a lot of patients from all over the country. And so I know the state laws are very different. And so what I would like to, before we get into the, you know, the nitty gritty of all of that, I would love to take a step back and, you know, you made a great point that people, you know, when they think about marijuana, I think there's a lot of still stigma and kind of thinking about this as more of a recreational drug and not powerful medicine. And can you just share with our audience really, you know, we have this whole endogenous system that really responds well to cannabis and what what does that mean and what does that look like and how are we really set up to accept this medicine? People don't want to be viewed as a uh, drug user. It has this illicit drug. They don't want the legal trouble around it. Uh, people have concerns that they're going to have ongoing mental or physical damage from the drug or lose control and become dependent on it. So, there, so in states where it's available recreationally, that really eases people's anxiety around this, around this situation. But it is also helpful, yeah, to remember that there's an endogenous endocannabinoid system uh, in our bodies, that uh, uh, all throughout your body, there are CB1 and CB2 receptors, these receptors that are stimulated by uh, by cannabis, by uh, THC and, and CBD, the predominant uh, cannabinoids found in, uh, in, in marijuana. But we also have uh, endogenous uh, cannabinoids, endogenous meaning from within, and uh, cannabinoids uh, representing that chemical compound. So so within our own bodies, we have anandamide that is uh, a, 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 a cannabinoid that stimulates the CB1 and CB2 receptors throughout your body naturally. These receptors, the CB1 and CB2 receptors, are are found in different areas. CB1 is very richly represented in the central nervous system, in the brain and spinal cord, and seem to be very much associated with management of pain and movement disorders, muscle spasm, relaxation. And CB2 receptors are located on the immune system and seem to have the effects that occur uh, across the immune system for gut health and, uh, and cancer uh, uh, data. So, so the receptors have been very well studied. And it's, it's good to know that there's this uh, uh, endogenous uh, cannabinoid that your body is already using. For example, if you burn a finger or or cut your arm, you know, in the process of of cooking, and there's pain and and uh, inflammation in that site, your body actually releases more anandamide in that area to try to reduce the pain and inflammation by stimulating the CB1 receptors. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a great um, overview. And I think, um, again, as you pointed to, you know, um, with my patient population, I see a lot of neurological illness and a lot of people who actually have a lot of immune uh, dysfunction as well. And so we're looking at this as a powerful medicine, um, not only for, you know, our brain and our nervous system, for, but for our immune system as well. So I think, you know, it's it must be um, fr- fun in some um, perspective from your vantage point that we're like pioneering this whole other, um, you know, use of this medicine that has a lot of traditional roots. And I think it comes at a really important time, especially I'm sure as you, um, experience with your patients, just with, um, the overprescription of, um, you know, opioid uh, medicine and the, you know, the addictions that we're seeing, um, you know, in this country that we have another alternative that's safer and more powerful and doesn't have this, um, addictive quality as well. Oh, absolutely. It's exciting. And it's always fun when a medication that you're prescribing has the side effects of making you feel good and sleep better in addition to controlling your disease mm-hmm. instead of the crazy list of side effects that you see all day long on, on the direct-to-consumer marketing commercials on the TV, mm-hmm. I mean, especially as it relates to neurodegenerative disease. I mean, uh, multiple sclerosis is probably the best studied uh, disease re- uh, related to treatment with cannabis that affects 2.3 million people worldwide with muscle pain and spasticity, but also depression and cognitive dysfunction. And the National Multiple Sclerosis Society reports that 66% of patients with MS use cannabis for symptom treatment in a, like a one-to-one CBD to THC ratio. They get reductions in muscle spasticity and pain. But as you said regarding opiates, a reduction in the use of benzodiazepines like Valium and Ativan and their opiates and their antidepressants, reductions in prescriptions by 77% in in patients. So many, many patients get a significant reduction in the uh, prescription medications they need with the addition of of cannabis. Mm -hmm. That's huge. That's so encouraging. And, you know, one of the things I'm sure some of our audience is still wanting to learn more about. So what is the difference between CBD and medical cannabis? Can you um, share um, kind of the use of our language here? Sure, sure. The CBD is a distillation uh, uh, from uh, the cannabis plant. Both of them are are the cannabis sativa, a, the uh, a marijuana plant. But the CBD is distilled off, so it's just the uh, just that particular uh, CBD molecule, just that one particular cannabinoid. There's perhaps eighty different cannabinoids or uh, that have a chemical structure known as a terpene, and and many of them have have different effects smaller effects in different systems, but the predominant ones are the CBD and the THC. And the CBD is is doing all the heavy lifting for for uh, for medical cannabis. It does uh, all of the relaxation and the reduction in muscle spasticity. It's the power horse of the entire uh, plant, but it can be distilled off into into a purer form, and then the CBD itself can be taken in in, in the CBD oil. It's uh, legal across all fifty states, although there's still a few states out west that have some. Tr- trouble uh, in pockets and different regions in different states have various levels of support. But but this is a medication that you can take without a prescription. You just have to watch, you know, uh, which, which product you're choosing within because there's a, a lot of CBDs on the market. 
the THC is the other uh, major cannabinoid uh, that that you can manipulate in its percentage in your uh, cannabis in a, in more of a medical me- marijuana. And the THC is the the cannabinoid that gets you high. It has the psychoactive effect. So some people like a very pure CBD to just get the calming effects without the psychoactive effect. But some people uh, think that there is an entourage effect where using the whole product, the combination of all of the different cannabidiols uh, uh, has a better effect because they're sort of additive to each other. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on what works for you and what makes you feel best and how much you want to avoid that sensation, the feeling of getting high, that psychoactive side effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's such a great point. And so what, um, you know, what I'm hearing, and this is my understanding too, so no matter what state you are in the US, you can um, purchase a CBD product. It's just if it has the THC, that's where it's um, more regulated um, state um, to state. And is it, does it have to be, does the CBD have to be derived from um, hemp in all 50 states or is cannabis um, derived CBD, um, is that legal around? 50 states? Because I know there's a lot of questions and misconceptions around what people can take depending on where they live. Yeah, the the CBD can be taken in all 50 states. There's just concerns surrounding the CBD uh, uh, because, uh, you know, when there was a study published in 2017 in JAMA that following testing products, they found ranges of up to 26% less CBD than was actually on the label. And in some cases, the distillation of the CBD is, is not perfectly effective. They can say that they are free of THC and still have a tiny amount of THC in the product. And in the same study, they found that out of 84 samples, 18 samples had THC detected within the sample. So, you know, so to some degree, you might still get a little trace of THC, which may or may not be a problem depending on, you know, your, uh, your risk aversion. If you're a person who undergoes drug testing or, you know, it, it's just important to know that some CBDs, the distillation process does allow a bit of THC to persist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's a great point. And, um, so if someone is, you know, um, struggling with, um, pain or some of the um, conditions that we have listed, how would one go about um, really trying a CBD product and what should they look for and how should they really enter into uh, trying this as a therapy? Well, that's a great question because there are a lot of CBD products on the market. I just attended a, a great conference in New York City at the Javits Center and there were possibly 25 different CBDs represented. And uh, I really researched all of them like a scientist and tried to figure out what was going on. D- different CBDs are, um, are, are using different uh, modes of delivery, like they may be putting it into a patch or they're uh, adding a liposomal product to, to speed up the, uh, the uh, to speed up the absorption even more. But CBDs, when taken orally, you know, uh, uh, drops on, in the mouth, uh, exert their effects in like eight minutes. So it doesn't appear that these modes of delivery make a massive difference. The people that seem to be very innovative in the CBD market are the ones that are combining it with other things like herbal adaptogens to help with stress and anxiety in general, or some people are combining them with skullcap to uh, improve insomnia. Mm-hmm. 
So those are some very interesting new ways to manage them. And the other the other way to really try to differentiate the CBD is to make sure that the distillation process is very, very clean and uh, and chemical residues are kept to a minimum. Mm-hmm. And um, no, I, I um, you know, with my patient population, a lot of um, patients are all over the country and so they have access to different things. And um, I think you made a great point because some of my patients um, will say, oh, I've tried it and then this didn't work. And so if, um, you know, here we have this great research, we know the power of this medicine. So if someone um, tries something and maybe are not getting the therapeutic effect um, that we want, what are some things to troubleshoot? I mean, is it a cumulative effect? I mean, um, obviously, there's different products um, to try out there, but I just I believe so much in this medicine as an option, and I think it's such a great alternative to so many of the um, you know prescriptions out there that I want people to really give this a good chance before saying um, something didn't work. So um, I would love to hear your expert advice around that. Boy, almost every time people are having trouble with the product not working, I mean, the products aren't for everyone. And we really have to start by saying that it's not a panacea. There's, uh, you know, research surrounding Parkinsonian tremor that is positive and negative. And there are some people that benefit from their PTSD getting treated with uh, with cannabis chronically, and some people that only use it to sort of open up uh, their, their ability to appropriately squelch fear response right before, uh, right before a treatment. Uh, session. So it's it's somewhat patient specific in how it's being used and when you're and in that case working with an expert and really trying to think about how to position it and to get the right product. I think a lot of times the issue is that people don't titrate. They start at a low dose, they don't feel a result and they go, "Huh, you know, that isn't going to work for me. And, 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 but the titration often can take up to two weeks, starting with, you know, one dropper full and then going up to two and three and assessing how it's working. And for some people, this entourage effect is very potent. You know, if the CBDs don't work, then getting your medical marijuana certification uh, card and, and, and getting, uh, you know, a safe form of medical marijuana and then playing with the THC concentration a bit may give you a benefit where the CBD didn't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then there's definitely... you know, I know that we're talking about more, you know, products that we can, um, you know, use um, that are either more in like the tincture form or they're more these um, mm-hmm. for people to understand kind of the differences, like a liquid extract, right? Um, but there is, um, I know, edibles where they can be in um, CBD or um, can be in more of a form of an edible product or um, there's um, vaporizing products. Do you feel like that um, bears weight into how, um, people respond at all or what has been your thought around that? I think that uh, I think that whole area of edibles and different modes of administration is so exciting. I mean, if you're uh, technologically inclined, uh, I know a company who's uh, who's creating a patch, and you can administer the CBD uh, via Bluetooth <laughs> through, through your phone. Oh wow! Patch, which is just so remarkable. Um, I don't know exactly how it's helping because I mean, basically everybody can put a tincture in their mouth. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the value of that is, but it's exciting. And I've seen all the gummy bears, um, you know, in, in states where there's uh, legalization, it, the edibles have are, are hugely interesting. There's, uh, you know, uh, in t- CBD and uh, cannabis infused dried fruit and 
fizzy drinks and of course the brownies obviously but all kinds of other baked goods it's uh, it's exciting in new york you know we we're limited to medical cannabis and we can get it in the form of uh, a vape you know a vape pen or hard pressed tablets basically that look like a tylenol or in the tincture which is usually the uh, the um uh, the cannabis or CBD infused oils. And uh, it just depends on state to state. If your state has looked at cannabis and determined something about the legality, they've also made a decision on what kind of products they're going to allow you to, to access. Mm-hmm. So I do like all of those choices just because for some people it's more palatable. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll give somebody a product and they'll go, it just doesn't taste that good. And if they're having to take it three times a day to stabilize mood or uh, manage PTSD symptoms, that's a lot of, you know, of bad flavor. So to some degree, if that's a real turnoff to treatment, it's nice to have some gummy bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, options, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, patient compliance, I know we could have the best medicine in the world, but if it tastes bad to somebody or doesn't, um, you know, if they don't want to take it, you know, hey, it's no good, right? Right. You, I mean, people have to want to take their medicine, that's for sure. And if that really is a significant stopping point, the thing about the tinctures is they're just so easy to titrate, you know, one dropper full, two dropper fulls. And, they, and when you start to take something as, a, as, a, as an edible, you really change the 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 on, the onset of action is changed from eight minutes to sixty to ninety minutes. The duration of effect is possibly a bit longer, but it may be a little like lower in terms of the intensity. So, it, it, people really in most studies when people didn't like uh, the the results they got, it was bec- it, they they were almost all taking an edible. They selected an edible and then they didn't like it because you're sixty to ninety minutes out and you're still not feeling anything, and and that's frustrating for people. Mm-hmm. That's a, that that's, takes too long. So I would recommend when people are starting for sure to start with a with a tincture and titrate a bit, figure it out, figure out your, and then if you want to switch to an edible and see how that works, that would be the time to do it. Is after you've titrated on a tincture. It sounds like you have a lot of experience in a lot of different disease conditions. Um, but have you, um, you know, with the people that you're gravitating towards, are you um, serving um, a specific niche um, right now? I know that you mentioned cancer, you know, in your, you know, personal stories with your brother and with Fran. Um, and this is such a, you know, need. I mean, there's so many um, tools needed for cancer therapy and everything. But have you found that you've gravitated to serving um, a patient population or a disease? condition just for the listeners out there to feel um, supported or hopeful about what, what you've seen? Well, my my background is really in uh, understanding one particular drug. I, I for a long time, I, for eight or nine years, I worked for Eli Lilly and Amgen and Forrest in osteoporosis, and knew all of the osteoporosis d- drugs upside down, so that you know, for your particular patient, I could I, 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 I and how to apply those drugs in those places. So that really is my area of expertise to know the drug. So and not necessarily. Um, in particular to uh, 
medical cannabis and CBD and uh, neurologic disease or chronic pain or cancer, but really to understand the application of that drug in all of those arenas. And then I can, you know, recommend what type of ratio to THC to CBD you should consider in, in your particular disease state or, um, you know, what's, what's been studied and what's worked. And, uh, or, or a lot of times the differences is in the mode of administration. Do you need something urgent uh, if you have panic or anxiety attacks and you need to be immediately treated? You know, that's a, that's a vape pen as opposed to an edible. You know, so um, so I, I know the drug very well, and then its application across all disease states. That's um, that's the the way that my brain works most effectively. <laughs> no, that's great. No, that's great. No, I think it's powerful. And I, you know, you made a good point before we started recording how a lot of um, people who have access to marijuana, they'll just, you know, go to their local store there, you know, where they can um, purchase and then they're relying on, um, you know, the person who's at the store rather than an expert. And can you talk a little bit about how people can really, I mean, obviously I want um, people to learn about where to find you, but just how to, um, how to navigate how they can get an expert opinion and really um, make sure that they are um, getting the best advice and the be- the best access um, while they're, you know, trying this uh, therapy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times the person who is giving you the, your certification card, if you if you if you're only approved for medical marijuana in your state and you can't pick it up recreationally, then you need to get a card. And that person is often pretty knowledgeable in how to help you with with uh, which product makes the most sense. The um, the the research is uh, is hard to comb through, you know, completely. And I hope that I can have a you know a video for something that. You you have a specific concern about one of your one of your listeners has a specific concern about either already in queue or or coming soon. Uh, I'll, I'm, my goal is to shoot a video every day of the year this year to uh, to launch for uh, for the medical marijuana and CBD community, and then hopefully you can search that data bank and and get great information. But you know, you don't want to totally discount the value of your Budmaster, even though they don't get a lot of experience. They learn quickly on the job. Uh, I mean, they don't get a lot of training, but they they do get a lot of training in their day-to-day experience and talking to other people on the job and reading. And they they end up uh, being being able to offer some pretty good, valuable data surrounding uh, medical marijuana and CBD products. They're just often pretty busy. Mm-hmm. But but working with your bud master is a is oftentimes you know not a bad place to start if you if you can't find any other resource uh, nearby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I have some just I know and we can flesh some of these topics out on um, video. I think that's such a great goal. Oh my gosh, you're gonna have 365 videos pretty pretty soon. Um, you know, <laughs> but um, no, that's amazing. I I admire that um, determination there. But I, um, you know, I know that um, not only in my patient population, but it's really kind of an epidemic of um, we see a lot of Americans suffering from insomnia. And, uh, you yes. know, what, um, what have you seen with uh, cannabis and CBD uh, with uh, insomnia? 
You know, I just went through the most interesting study. In fact, this was my video today. Oh, <laughs> ESP, you know. <laughs> it was on uh, Parkinson's disease and insomnia. You know, there's there's great data on cannabis and insomnia, but particularly with Parkinson's, there's a parasomnia where people have very active dreams, you know, kicking and, and punching and yelling. Uh, there was a case study. It's called a REM uh, behavior disorder order where RBD, where people go into dreams and they have these very physically active dreams um, and, and they've actually injured bed partners. It's, it's, um, it's a very serious parasomnia that's associated with Parkinson's. Actually, oftentimes precedes Parkinson's by a couple of years. And all six patients in this case study that had very severe uh, um, REM sleep disorder had complete resolution of their symptoms with administration of CBD. Wow. So it's it, it was amazing. One fellow actually injured his wife. He had uh, four episodes per week lasting two minutes per episode where he would be fighting with an animal or being attacked or in an argument at work, just really vivid dreams. And all of that went away for him. Just a, a really remarkable outcome. M people subjectively report that they sleep better and they have a, a decreased dream recall where they're, they're not able to recall their dreams uh, as well as if they weren't uh, on CBD or cannabis. And that uh, appears to be not specific to CBD or THC. I think if you're working specifically on insomnia, you could start with the CBD and avoid having to get into the medical marijuana boondoggle of getting certified and getting your card and all of that nonsense. But you can you could start with CBD for insomnia and, and get, I think, really terrific results in a sense of a deeper sleep and also in an attenuation if you have very vivid dreams. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, no, that's, that's really remarkable. And um, I know that from my perspective, I know that there's a lot of research now on traumatic brain injury. And, um, you know, I know that I've seen um, some research around cannabis and brain, um, you know, recovering the brain. How, do you, are you up to speed with any of that? Or do you have any pearls to share around traumatic brain injury and cannabis? Well, it, the cannabis does appear to have a neuroprotective effect, and we're not exactly sure why. You know, they they initially thought it had to do with uh, antioxidant effect, and uh, um, because it is a potent uh, antioxidant, and perhaps that was making a difference. But other studies that have looked at the application of coenzyme Q10 and high dose vitamin E combined with coenzyme Q10 haven't shown a benefit. So it seems to possibly be operating through an attenuation of glial cell activation or or uh, or some changes to uh, protein uh, breakdown to the glutamate uh, system. So there's either we really don't know. The short story is we really don't know, but but there does seem to be a neuroprotective effect. I mean, uh, surrounding multiple sclerosis, we have you know uh, great data and one of the one of the few diseases that has. Um, a uh, you know a, a an approval uh, and, and allowing to be used in for for medical cannabis one of the few neurologic diseases there's great data on that and again we don't exactly know why but there does appear to be this neuroprotective effect with uh, with using cannabis that's independent of you know manipulating neurotransmitter levels or or 
you know, it might be the immune system. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of cases, you know, if you think back, cannabis has been under a prohibition since the 1940s, but our bodies, you know, there's research, there's uh, documents from ancient Chinese literature, ancient uh, Southern Indian literature from 4,000 years ago from 2000 BC when they were using cannabis to manage appetite issues and nausea and pain. And so our bodies have been exposed to, you know, before there was a prohibition, I mean, this is a hardy weed, basically. It grew, you you would probably have seen it in the ditch, you know, driving through the country. And you probably inhaled a bit of the pollen, you know, twice a year during pollen season. So we, we may have, all of us, a bit of a uh, cannabinoid deficiency just because, you know, because of the prohibition, because we we don't have access to just a, a usual concentration of a naturally occurring weed. Wow. And when you think about, wow, the history from 2000 BC, that's um, a lot longer than, than any of these drugs have been around, you know, so, oh my gosh, you know. Oh, no. um, so I know when we're saying, oh, we need to study this in rats, we need to get more data. We we don't need to get more data. We're talking about a 4,000 year old drug. <laughs> it's probably time to look at 2,000 people who have this disease and follow a group of people and see how they respond. It's, it's a little, it, it seems unnecessary to circle back to rats models at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, how about, you know, another, um, I know it's something that, you know, a lot of people are struggling with is, um, I, I'm sure you've seen this a ton with um, your expertise, but um, I know a lot of Americans are now struggling with anxiety and depression, kind of that spectrum of, you know, emotional stress. And so what have you, um, you know, what kind of tools have you seen um, or how have you seen CBD and cannabis really be a helpful tool for anxiety and depression? Yeah, I love CBD and cannabis in those environments, you know, but very, very helpful at helping to release good levels of serotonin at the uh, neurotransmitter junctions and, and functioning in a similar way to the antidepressants, but with a different side effect profile. So I, I love them in those locations. The only caveat being that you have to be really careful with the administration of a lot of THC in the setting of a person with anxiety, because that can really trigger an anxiety reaction in predisposed patients. And then, uh, you know, and then, and then you've, you've caused more problems. So you just, uh, the CBD in the case of anxiety is really the, the, the workhorse. So, uh, so trying to limit the exposure to uh, high dose THC in that setting. Mm-hmm. Although some people will say that in severe PTSD, there's some research in using high concentrations of PTSD, uh, you know, especially in the setting of treatment to try to make uh, treatment uh, function more effectively. I think it just it just depends on the individual and how they're going to respond. But I would start in that group with a CBD uh, product exclusive of the THC or with very, very limited THC if you're um, like hooked on the entourage effect and you want a little bit to perhaps potentiate the whole process, then it's worth a try. 
but oh, definitely good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then you had mentioned that um, you work with some products that have adaptogenic herbs, and I feel like that could be a good, um, you know, support for people who have anxiety and depression just because of the stress that, on their whole hormonal system. Um, what herbs have you found or that are you um, exploring with cannabis? Do you have any that um, you think really works and uh, works synergistically with them? Well, the adaptogenic herbs uh, that uh, that I'm interested in, or the people that are using them, that are that are the experts in that area, are combining like these proprietary uh, uh, combinations of multiple different herbs that have this capacity to help you handle stress and anxiety and pressure uh, a little bit better than than you uh, ordinarily do. And so, for for people who are um, you know, who are trying to manage stress and anxiety, those adaptogenic herbs added to the CBD, uh, you know, at least have an additive effect. And in my mind, have the potential to have a synergistic effect. They they could really improve the value of the CBD and help the product to work very effectively for people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I think that's a really great use of plant medicine, um, you know, the combination. And typically, you know, I see people who are, you know, pretty sick. So usually a combination of things is what's needed to get them um, feeling better. So Mary, you're on the front line of, you know, really um, sharing cannabis with the medical community. How do you see from a political standpoint, do you see that this is going to be, you know, we're going to see more access in more states? Or do you see, I know it's still probably... um, um, a, a fight, you know, in a lot of ways to to get access, but just your perspective yeah. on being not to get political, but I think just to um, have for us to all understand like where where we're at, right, with with cannabis. Oh, I think everything moves through cycles, and I—I I mean, I think we have—we uh, have great research that the whole uh, cannabis use disorders, you know, uh, risks of uh, of dependence is very, very low. The lethal dose of cannabis, you know, the the amount that you have to smoke to 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 die from cannabis administration is just not measurable. There, you really cannot—you um, you really cannot overdose on cannabis, and and it, when in states where uh, laws have been enacted that allow people to use cannabis, there's been, uh, you know, at least a stabilization in uh, opioid-related deaths and in some cases a a small decline starting to be identified. So, um, and and people who use cannabis in chronic diseases, you know, similar to the MS we talked about earlier, see reductions in in their antidepressants and their opioids and their benzodiazepines. So there's a lot of people who don't want cannabis uh, laws to move forward. Um, uh, Alcohol industry will often market aggressively against it. And uh, of course, the pharmaceutical industry, because they don't want to see 77% reductions in pill administration, of course. Mm -hmm. So so there's there's a a lot of power uh, uh, against it, but there's quite a bit of energy and power mounting behind behind, uh, legalizing it across the country and making it available. You know, um, I mean, with kids, you know, our, our friend, Mary Agnes, she always says, please be a pothead. <laughs> Just, <laughs> if you're going to try anything, please be a pothead. So we don't have to worry about finding you dead from yeah. an opioid or, uh, or a heroin epidemic issue. Yeah. So in terms of, you know, something that's safe and, and has really terrific side effect profile and very low risk, uh, it's a nice addition to so many different disease management 
protocols. Mm-hmm. It's a great product. Yeah. When you just look at the risk, um, you know, risk versus um, benefit, you know, um, compared to a lot of the pharmaceuticals out there, it really is a no brainer in so many ways. So, I mean, my, our take home obviously is, you know, from this, uh, you know, why I wanted to do this is to obviously uh, share your uh, knowledge base, but for people um, to really understand, I mean, we're set up, you know, our, our, our system and our brains and our immune system are set up to respond, you know, to this medicine. And if you're struggling, um, this is really, really safe um, with a really little downside option um, to feel better. So I think I, I just I'm I'm so happy that there is more and more awareness. And I I agree with Mary Agnes in the sense that I rather my patients, you know, take marijuana than sleeping drugs and you know pain meds and all of these things. So I think um, you know I think we're getting there. The message is getting out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think all of those things myself. I, I, and, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's just worth a try. I mean, uh, it seems expensive. I think when you first look at it, it's a bit of an eye popper on how much these cost, but you know, I, I'm shocked at how much it costs to go see the doctor and get your prescriptions. These are, it, it's such an, it's such an expensive process, Western medicine. And if you can, to some degree, you know, reduce the, uh, the, intensity of that expense, you know, with the, with medical marijuana that, uh, I, I mean, I, I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. And people don't always see the cost of their side effects too, right from the drug. So it's like, this is, there might be a little bit more upfront expense to using uh, um, CBD or cannabis, but it's really um, negligible when you think about the, um, the cost of, um, you know, these other interventions. You're so right. You're so right. The side effects of the sedation and the cognitive effects of so many of these medicines uh, are are more profound in more patients than we really give credit for. And trying to uh, limit your exposure to some of these Western medicine products, you know, um, I mean, it's it's such a funny trajectory in your own career. When I graduated from medical school, we were really taught that all of this was genetic, that people didn't have a choice. You developed heart disease, you developed cancer, and a lot of it had to do with what your granddaddy died of. Mm-hmm. And I and I I I got to where I didn't believe that at all. You know, there's there's so much that you can do with your own lifestyle, with your diet and exercise to shift the trajectory of your life. Uh, and then with time, I think, I think it's a combination. I think that, uh, you can, you can make some changes in your lifestyle that lead to better outcomes, but some things, you know, bad things happen anyway, regardless of all of the hard work that you do. Sometimes bad things happen to people. And in that setting, being able to reach for something that is safe and effective and, has been around for a very long time and is well tolerated and has a side effect of possibly making you feel good and sleep better. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I give it a try. Yeah. What 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 would it hurt? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, Mary, I feel like I could pick your brain all day and ask you a ton of questions, but I think, you know, I think we've given, um, you've given an excellent overview and I, I really would encourage everyone, um, to dive deeper if this is, um, of interest, um, and if this information resonates with you. And so how, um, Mary, can people learn more about you and your work and these 365 videos that you're creating? Um, how can people, um, learn more about you? Well, you can go to my website. It's www.drmaryjanemd.com. It's drmaryjanemd.com. 
We'll have access to all the videos there and uh, any other great goodies that I can share. Mm-hmm. That's a great website. <laughs> um, great. Yeah, no, I love the, hey, convenient. I'm just putting it together. <laughs> so uh, uh, my baby brain still. Um, oh, no, not really. Uh, you know, it's funny because people think my name is Mary Jane. And no, I mean, I, I'm Dr. Mary, but uh, but I thought that the Mary Jane was just sounded so fun. And yeah. then it turned out that that was available. So yeah, it's Dr. Dr. Mary Jane, MD.com. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. We'll put that in the show notes. And I just can't thank you enough for your time. And I'm um, really excited to get to know you more and more about your work and um, really work together so we can help more people together. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Dr. Mary Clifton. And if you want to learn more about CBD and medical cannabis, you can learn more on our website, drmaryjanemd.com. Thanks so much.